Yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you for Deborah. And we just say, Lord God, that as a church, we're open to hear what you're saying to us. We've got open hearts and, and that are willing to hear your word and want to be changed by it and inspired by it. So we pray for your Holy Spirit now to be with Deborah as she brings your word to us now. Amen. 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 Thanks, Matt. Hello, everybody. Oh, come on. Hello, everyone. Great. Let's wake up a bit. And um, I am just going to adjust this uh, stand a second. So just, just talk among yourselves for a moment, maybe. Just uh, that's a little bit high, but that's all right. It's better than too low. Oh, thank you. Um, now, just want to establish, does the clicker work? Yes, yes. Okay, we're, we're going to go with the clicker then. Fantastic. Um, for anyone who I haven't met, I think I've met you all, haven't I? But I'm Deborah. I'm one of the team here. And um, yeah, Matt's already said who watched the coronation. Did anyone have any parties yesterday? Any, any coronation parties? We had one. Was it inside or outside? Inside, yeah. That's probably Bryce, wasn't it? Because... Uh, would have been a bit soggy otherwise. Um, uh, we love a good royal ceremony in the UK, don't we? I, I don't remember when I was growing up. I don't. I only remember sort of one or two. It feels like we've had one one a year for the last decade or something. I don't know whether it's just me. Um, we are good at royal ceremonies in the UK, aren't we? We love the pomp and the the ceremony. So um, I am going to think. We are going to be thinking about kings uh, this morning and to get us in the in the mood I have got a few royal facts okay are you ready are you ready did you know that the king uh, doesn't need to obey the speed limit when he's driving <laughs> did you know that because he's always got when he's on royal duties he's always got a royal escort escort uh, a police escort and so he can go whatever speed he likes um, and he doesn't need a driving license either. That, that's a bad combination, isn't it? <laughs> Goodness me. Um, and he doesn't need a passport to go overseas. Okay. So that is 82 quid he saves every 10 years. Uh, I'm sure he'll be very relieved about that. But I think probably what he'll be more relieved about is not having to have a really bad passport photo. Because that is the worst thing, isn't it, of of passports. Um, yesterday, uh, you might have heard some facts. If you, were, if you watched the whole thing, you might have heard some facts about the coronation as they sort of put some, you know, they filled the commentary um, uh, beforehand. Um, so, like the fact that there were 244 jewels on the king's crown. Did you know that? No? Am I telling you new things? Are you interested in any of these new things? <laughs> 244 jewels, and it weighed five pounds. And it did look pretty heavy, didn't it? It looked a little bit precarious on his head, even more so on Camilla. Did you see the Archbishop of Canterbury sort of just held his hands there for quite a long time afterwards? Um, and you may or may not realise how much of the coronation ceremony was was actually taken from the uh, from the Christian Bible, from um, from the way that uh, kings in the Bible were um, 
were, were crowned. Um, so one example of, of that sort of Christian inspiration is, is Charles were given lots of objects and one of them was an orb. Did you see the gold orb, the round gold orb? And that represented the earth. It represents the earth. Um, and then there was a cross on the top and that represents uh, Jesus. And it, it says that even though, that orb reminds him that even though he's king of this country, Jesus is the one who is king of the whole world. And, and King Charles is king too. So I want to spend the next few minutes thinking about what sort of king Jesus is. Um, so what, uh, I just want to start off with a little question. What do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of Charles or you think about royalty? Turn to the person next to you to say the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about King Charles, think about royalty, and then turn back to me. Um, perhaps after yesterday's ceremony, um, when we think about royalty, we might think about crowns and golden carriages and royal jewels, all those 244 jewels on the crown. Um, maybe you think about the palaces that they live in or, um, uh, you know, the fancy clothes they wear or the... I often think, when I think about the royalty, I always think of them on the yacht, on the, the royal yacht with that, that sort of luxury lifestyle. I think um, privilege is definitely a word that we would associate with the role of king. Um, but Jesus, Jesus is a very different king. Jesus is a servant king. The Bible tells us that even though he is God's son, when he came to earth, he chose to be born to a, uh, in a, a dirty animal stable, to a, a teenage mother who was part of a, a poor family. Jesus lived a life not of privilege, but of sacrifice. The Apostle Paul um, wrote to the church in Philippi, to explain to them what sort of king Jesus is. He, he said, Christ, that's, that's Jesus. Christ himself was like God in everything. But he did not think that being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit. But he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born as a man and became like a servant. And when he was living as a man, he humbled himself and was fully obedient to God, even when that caused his death, death on a cross. Jesus, the Son of God, chose to leave heaven and humble himself to live a life of sacrifice, then allow himself to be killed to pay the price for the thing the wrong things that we have done or, or will ever do Jesus isn't a king who exerts power over us but a king who serves now King Charles yesterday you might have noticed all the different robes he wore 
you would have seen that he swapped um, lots of different robes, um, one each sort of representing different parts of his role as king. You know, in a, in a similar way, the Bible says that we can wear royal robes. As we live our lives, we can get grubby. We get grubby on the inside, don't we? From all the things that we say, the things that we do, the things that we think that are, are wrong, it, it's, they leave a mark on us. They leave a mark, and it's like we, we can carry those things around with us, like dirty clothes. But because of Jesus' death on the cross, he's taken the punishment for any of that wrongdoing. And now we're invited to become children of God. We're invited to swap those dirty clothes for royal robes. We can be made clean and spotless. I wonder if any of us here today are, are carrying around, even just from this week, some of the, the dirty stains, the things that we are ashamed of. Jesus is inviting you now, today, to give those things to him, to swap those things, to lay them down and to receive those royal robes once again. A few years ago, we had a royal visit in Sea Mills. Do we remember? I've got a photo. Oh, look, there we go. Princess Anne uh, came to uh, our little cafe on the square. It had been transformed from a derelict toilet block into a place of welcome and yummy cake. And, um, and she came to sort of officially open, um, open the cafe. And I was one of the people who got to line up and, and greet Princess Anne. And I remember there was lots of instructions. There was lots of instructions we were given beforehand uh, in what to do. And when we, we met her, we had to curtsy or, or bow, only to speak if she spoke to us first. And to refer to her as ma'am, rhyming with jam, not mom, rhyming with psalm. Good to know. Um, it was quite a long list of, of do's and don'ts. And, and of course, even though we met her briefly, we didn't really get to meet her in any meaningful way. It was just a very polite conversation. And in the same way, not many people will get to know King Charles either. Not many people will get to hang out with him and find out how he, what makes him laugh or how he takes his tea um, Earthly kings hide away in palaces guarded by, by soldiers and, and police to, to keep their subjects at a distance. But Jesus has made a way for us to come into the throne room of heaven. The Bible tells us, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need." When people come to King Charles, they have to bow or curtsy. Even his own family have to bow or curtsy 
to him. But, but the Bible tells us that we can come to God boldly. Boldly. We can know that he welcomes us and listens to us. 2,200 people were invited to King Charles's coronation. That's a lot of people, isn't it? But it was only a tiny percentage of all the people in this country or in the Commonwealth. But everyone is invited into the king's presence, into the heavenly king's presence. All we need to do is say yes to him, is come to him, accept that invitation. Has it been a while since you spent time in the presence of Jesus, really spent time with him? He longs for you to come to him, to be honest about how you're doing, what's going on, what the things are that you're carrying in your, in your heart, the worries, the joys. We don't need to hold anything back. We can come to him boldly, knowing that we're welcome. Our earthly kings are all human. <laughs> they have failings. A lot of uh, King Charles's failings have been very public, haven't they? An affair, a failed marriage, family relationship breakdown, temper tantrums. We've all seen the headlines. We're very aware of him being human. I'm sure there's lots more private failings as well, just like we all have. Yet Jesus, even though he was fully human, the Bible tells us that he never sinned. That, that passage we, we just read, uh, it, it says that he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He's holy good. Earthly kings can be, be fickle and, and short-tempered, but the heavenly king is, is compassionate and gracious, slow to abound, uh, anger, abounding in love. Jesus is trustworthy and keeps his promises generation after generation. The Commonwealth is, is made up of around 150 people. Charles is king of the whole Commonwealth of countries. That's his kingdom. Charles inherited that kingdom from, from uh, Queen Elizabeth and one day he'll pass it on to Prince William. King Charles's kingdom will one day end, but Jesus' kingdom will never, ever end. Jesus died on the cross, praying the, praying the price for, for every wrong thing we've done, but, but he didn't stay dead. The Bible tells us that three days later, God the Father raised Jesus the Son back to life from the dead. In his death and resurrection, he has won a great battle over sin and death and hell. And because of that victory, he continues to reign as the King of Kings. I've given you um, three characteristics there of Jesus as King. Um, he's a servant king, he's an approachable king, and he's a faithful king. But the Bible tells us so much more. A number of years ago, um, way uh, before live streaming was possible, a 
pastor called Dr. Lockridge um, gave a sermon about what the Bible says that Jesus is like. And you've probably heard it before, but it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, Even though it was a really poor sound recording, um, it's still worth listening to because it's so powerful. So let's watch. The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-framed of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his birth is lighter. I wish I could describe him, but yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. I wonder if you know him today. I think we can know all of that. We can know what the Bible says, but sometimes the reality of it 
can get a bit eroded. Maybe the battles in life have, uh, have just taken a toll on your faith recently. Maybe that sense of confidence in who Jesus is has, has just been reduced. Maybe your desire to pray has, has been diminished. Your expectations of what Jesus can do has, has been lowered because of what life has thrown at you recently. But faith is the gap between what the Bible says and what our experience is. I think Jesus wants to build up our faith today. I think he wants to renew our confidence in him. So I'm just going to invite you all, I'm just invite you to stand And if, if today that you feel like, oh, I just, I need that faith renewed. I need a fresh uh, reminder of who Jesus is and what he has done and what he can do. Just invite you, if, if that's you, just to put your hands out to receive from him. He's the all-sufficient one. There's nothing that we need that he can't supply. And we say, come, Holy Spirit, Jesus, King of kings, come now by your spirit and be with us. Will you restore what's been lost? Will you rebuild our faith in you?